0: For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? It's Ollie here, there's no Ed today, I just thought I'd jump on and do a quick podcast to go through some of Eddie Howe's uh, quotes from today's press conference. Obviously, the day before every Premier League game, he speaks to the the local journalist and the national press, gives an update on injuries, transfer news, all these different bits and bobs. So I thought I'd come back and do a little update on that, along with just another update on some of the transfer rumours and reports we've seen over the past week. Uh, Because anyone who's been following the podcast over the summer... I'll know we've been doing a weekly Tune Transfer Talk podcast. So, so yeah, we'll go over house quotes, we'll go over some of the latest transfer updates and some of the team news going into tomorrow's game. So, yeah, let's get into it. So, starting with Eddie Howe's press conference this morning. Um I mean, one of the big things we were all waiting for was an update on Fabian Shaw, and the update is a positive one. So, When asked if Shaw would be fit for the game, obviously he limped off against Chelsea in the Summer Series game, the one all draw in the USA, and therefore he didn't play against Brighton, our final game of the Summer Series. He also didn't play against Fiorentina or Villarreal. But anyway, the update from Howe is a positive one. So he said, As it currently stands, yes, he will be available. He's trained this week and trained well. He was back with us on Tuesday, so he's had a full week of training. So so yeah, on Shaw, that's a really positive update. Obviously he didn't play in any of the games the weekend, just gone. Um... Fans didn't spot him in any of the training pictures earlier this week, but it seems from what Howe said that he has actually trained all week. I know we put an article out on the blog on Thursday night where we spotted a picture of of Shaw taking part in full training sessions uh, on Thursday. So that's really positive that he's back. And as things stand, all being well, it looks like he'll be fit enough to partner Botman in defence. Now, the not-so-positive news from the Eddie Howe press conference this morning was on Joe Willick. Now, we know he picked up an, a quite a serious hamstring injury in last season's 4-1 win over Brighton, so it was one of our last home games of the season. He limped off there with a hamstring injury, and he's he's not kicked a ball for Newcastle since. He's played no part in our preseason schedule, and it it looked like at one stage he was starting to get closer to fitness during the U.S. training camp that we had over in the States because he was pictured there with the group. But Eddie Howe basically confirmed today that he has felt a little bit of discomfort in his hamstring, and it's not necessarily another pull, but he's just felt some discomfort. So um, so what Eddie House said there is we'll probably miss him for the first group of games before the first international break. So with that in mind, I mean, our first four games, we've got Villa, Man City away, Liverpool at home and Brighton away. And then we break at the start of September for the international break. So it looks like Willock's definitely missing those four games, which is a shame for Willock. And obviously he has been a, a really sort of important player of the year, the way he carries the ball and links up with Joe Linton down that left side. And he, I think a lot of people have backed him to add goals to his game this season as well, because he was getting a lot of chances last year and quite unlucky really not to score more. So it's a shame with Willock, but on the flip side, our midfield's never been stronger with Elliot Anderson emerging and doing so well over pre-season with Sandro Tonali coming in, Sean Longstaff's a game. We've got Bruno, we've got Joe Linton. We've also got Lewis Miley, who's, who's been brilliant as well over pre-season. So we are f- sort of very well stocked in midfield. So we, hopefully won't miss Willock too much but but yeah the update on Willock is that he's had a slight setback and feeling some discomfort in his hamstring and won't play any part in our next four games before the first international break. Um and then a brief one on Emil Kraft. He um obviously he suffered an ACL injury last year. It was in that Carabao Cup game against Tranmere I think where he got stretched off and he's uh, obviously it's a long road back from an ACL injury and Eddie Howe's been speaking about him briefly this morning. He basically said that He's done some light training. He still isn't back in full training with the group. And he thinks he's still four to six weeks away from returning. Um, so, yeah, that's obviously still still quite a few weeks before Kraft's back. But a little bit like Willick, we're in in that right back spot. We've got some depth now with with us just signing Tino Liveramento. So, um, so, yeah, that's the update on injuries. So it's good news on Fabian Shaw. Not so good news on Joe Willick. And obviously with Kraft there, it looks like four to six weeks before he's back. Um, But other than that, it sounds like everyone's fit for Villa and we're in a good position there going into the game. So, so yeah, generally positive news, but a shame to see there's a slight setback there for Joe Willock. So just a bit more from Eddie Howe. Obviously, um, this is the first press conference he's had where he's had the chance to be asked questions about Tino Livermento, who obviously signed earlier this week. So when asked about Livermento, this is what Howe had to say. So he said he's very athletic, incredibly quick, dynamic, has really good endurance levels too, so he'll be a box-to-box player and is technically very good. He's back after a long injury, but he's done all of the pre-season with St. Ampton. He's not missed a day, so he looks in good physical condition, but we need to look after him. He's a really exciting player. He's fully fit and he's training, but it's for us to be mindful of his load and training intensity. But he's already impressed me greatly in training this week. An exciting signing. So that's what House had to say about Liv Romento. Um, obviously positive there to hear that he's already impressed in training he looks in good physical condition because obviously there was a lot of concerns from some fans that he was obviously out for pretty much all of last season bar the last two games um having recovered from an ACL injury and fans were eager to know whether he'd made a full recovery I mean I think the fact would paid so much money for him tells me that we had assurances that he's he's overcome the injury and he's he's looking in good in good nick so but anyway good to hear that Howe is Impressed by him already, not just what he's done in training technically, but obviously physically as well. It looks like he looks good. Howes also had a brief brief comment on Tonali there, saying it's really important that um, you bring in overseas players early so they get more chance to settle in, not just to the country. Obviously, Tonali's left Italy for England, but to the new team and like a new surroundings there. Um, different team, different formation, different league. different intensity isn't it so but he's he said that he's complimented how well Sandro tonali's handled the move and how he's adapting to those changes and he said that he's done he's done really well so it remains to be seen if tonali does play tomorrow i know when me and ed discussed our predicted lineups on wednesday's sort of villa preview podcast um we both think how we'll ease him in and won't start him tomorrow but we'll see i mean he's our second most expensive signing ever so so you never know you never know with that um and then just last of all, how was obviously asked about his thoughts about pre-season and his thoughts heading into the new season. And he said, uh, I feel we're in a good place. It was an intense pre-season period for us. The double header at the weekend, I think, finished off where we needed to be. I think we now enter the season where you'd expect after a full pre-season. Fit, eager and looking forward to the challenge. And then about those challenges, he said, naturally you move from challenge to challenge. And now I think the one in front of us is our biggest yet. But we have to be excited about it. We have to take it head on. We go into a very difficult start, and that's another challenge added to it. But we'll give it our best shot. We'll go all in, and that's all I ask of the players to deliver their absolute maximum. So, as ever, yeah, how's really positive. He's complimentary of preseason, which is which in itself was positive. I mean, we played seven games. I think we won five, drew two. As I said on Wednesday's show, you don't really read too much into preseason, but the results were positive. The performances were pretty good, and. We, I think, most of all, we came through. Aside from the mini mini scare with Fabian Shaw, we came through with no real injuries. Anderson and Miley really really shone. Um, our fitness levels seemed to be good. We we came on strong in the the last stages of the the Brighton game in in the US. Obviously scoring two late goals there, and we also came on strong and kind of blew away Villarreal in those last stages and. Also looked looked sort of physically strong and fit against Fiorentina too. So so yeah, it was good to end the the preseason with two clean sheets and two pretty convincing wins. But uh, so yeah, that's just what House had to say on Livramento, Tenali, and just a few thoughts there heading into the season. But yeah, next up we'll have a little look at what he's had to say on transfers with some of the local press, quizzing him on sort of the latest there on incomings. So as for Incomings and in Eddie Howe's comments on potential sign ins. Obviously, the press were keen to know if there's anything close, how many players he wants to sign, um, and just where we're at with sign ins at the minute. Um, so, asked her sort of how many he wants to bring in, he said, You never quite know. It depends on injuries and suspensions and all those other things. So, I could be sat here saying, Yes, we have a perfect squad, and then you get five or six injuries, and it's Jesus, it doesn't look the same. I would love one more player. That's what he had to say. So, that was quite telling. Saying that he wants to sign, definitely wants to sign at least one more. Um, that's what I would love personally. Then we would have an ideal depth at this moment in time with the injuries we currently have. But let's wait and see. We um, was then asked if there's funds available. He said that's a good question. He said he's not 100% sure because it depends on the deal. And I think we may have to be creative with the last player. So again, he's suggesting maybe when he says the last player again and only wanting one player, it's suggesting there might only be one more through the door, at least permanent signings. Um, Anyway, he added to that, it's difficult to make that definite because it depends on injuries between now and the window shutting, which he's obviously mentioned before. Um, So when asked a bit more about what, what being creative means, he said, it means that we can't just go out and slap money on the table and buy a player. We just don't have the resources to do that at the moment with FFP restrictions. So it's about finding a different way rather than paying the money in the here and now. Um, then he added to that again, there's nothing close on that. That's something we'll need to discuss internally. We're not close to doing a deal at the moment. Um, and then asked a bit more about those sort of staggered payments and loan to buy deals, which is around that sort of creativity with how we're gonna how we're sort of gonna put together a deal for for that extra sign in. He just added to that that those deals are very difficult to do, which is true isn't it? I mean, if you're gonna go for a player and tell the selling club, can we have them on loan with an option to buy next year? That's ideal for us because it's kind of like a sign the player now, pay later, but does that necessarily suit the selling club? Often, often not. I mean, we'll talk about some of the names that have been linked soon, but um, some of these players we're looking at who might be valued at 35, 40 million, clubs aren't going to accept a loan to buy deal for players of that quality because why would they loan out a sort of their star player and, and offer a club an option to buy them in 12 months time when they could when they could push for a fee now? But... Sort of aside from those loan to buy deals, there's also staggered payments, isn't there? Where if we were looking at a player for 40 million, some clubs would accept 10 million over four years. I mean, an example when we signed Nick Pope, um, obviously one of the one of the main signings last summer. um, Nick Pope was brought in for 10 million, but I read that it was about three and a half million over three years. So sometimes those staggered deals are ideal because it allows you to pay a little bit less now and sort of spread that cost over a few transfer windows which is ideal from an FFP perspective but obviously as Howe says those are difficult deals to do because the selling clubs it's not always in their interest to agree such terms they obviously prefer getting the money in up front and in a big chunk straight away Um, so anyway that's what Howe had to say on injury um, not injuries sorry on transfers but just one more thing to add actually on injuries which I missed out earlier from an Aston Villa perspective they've actually had quite a big sort of injury blow heading into the game so they actually released a statement on Thursday confirming that Emi Buendia has suffered significant knee damage. So, I don't know if you remember this, but in the first half of that 3-3 draw in the summer series uh, last month, Buendia caused havoc in the first half. I know for, for their first goal, I think he skipped past Tonali. And he's, he's quite a high-energy player who's also got quality. And, yeah, he's a, he's a real sort of nuisance to play against. But anyway, he's it looks like he's suffered an ACL injury, which obviously is really devastating injury for him and obviously would never wish a bad injury upon someone. But from a Newcastle perspective, looking at the game, I mean, that that's going to only help us with such a good player um, in that Villa team who, who caused havoc, I think, in the last time we played them, Um, being out of the game. So, yeah, Buendia, Buendia is ruled out of the game and it looks like a really bad injury there. And then also Jacob Ramsey, another player who actually was brilliant when they beat us 3-0 at Villa Park in April. He's also out of the game. Um, he played in the same Euro-21 under team as Anthony Gordon over the summer, who obviously went on to win the tournament. And, he's, and he picked up an ankle injury there, and he still hasn't recovered from that. So, so yeah, there'll be no Emi Buendia and no Jacob Ramsey for Villa. But they should have new and Musa Diaby, who obviously we all know was linked to Newcastle for at least 12 to 18 months before Villa actually signed him this summer. So Musa Diaby should make his Premier League debut. I think Pau Torres, the Villarreal defender who, the, who Unai Emery is worked with before, he's he's expected to start and could even play at left-back. I know we spoke to a Villa fan on Wednesday's preview, and he seems to think Pau Torres may fill in at left-back. So that could be the player Miguel Almiron's running at. And then last but not least, Yuri uh, Tielemans. There's, there's some debate whether he'll start for Villa or not, but he's another one who could be making his Premier League debut for Villa on Saturday. But yeah, next up, we'll go through a roundup of the transfer rumours and reports um, and some of the little bits of info we've picked up um, over the past few days. Yeah, so moving on to the transfer links, obviously over the summer, we've always released a a Thursday or Friday podcast, which basically goes through all the latest reports, rumours, transfer links and some of the exclusives we also pick up for nufcblog.co.uk on on the website. so yeah, wanted to keep that going. I know this, this podcast is a little bit different because obviously tomorrow is the first game and we wanted to um, give a little update on what Eddie Howe had to say at his press conference. But um, but yeah, starting with some of the rumours that have come out over the past few days. Um, there's actually one update which I wanted to start with, which came out from Craig Hope at the Mail. So he's like a Northeast reporter who's been, been covering things Newcastle United, or all things Newcastle United at the Mail for several years now. And he's actually named six centre-backs who we're currently looking at or have at least explored over the past few weeks. So the six names he gives are Jean-Claire Tadibo at Nice, Edmund Tapsoba at Bayer Leverkusen, Per Schurz at Torino, Joachim Anderson of Crystal Palace. Uh, Before I name the next one, apologies if I absolutely murder the pronunciation, but Odilon Kusanu at Bayer Leverkusen. So another by Leverkusen centre-back there. And then the last one is Antonio Silva at Benfica. So we know about a couple of those. Jean-Claire Tadibo has been linked quite a lot. I've mentioned him a few times as someone I'd really like to bring in. I know Fabrizio Romano said earlier in the summer that Newcastle have been watching him. Um, Tap Sober's one that really ticks boxes in terms of a young centre-back with sort of athleticism and pace. That's kind of something we lack at the back. And he's also 24, so he's a good age. Per Scherz is someone who currently plays at Torino, who Botman has played alongside for the Dutch under-21 side. So that's an interesting link that he's he's got previous with Sven Botman. Joe Commanderson's been mentioned a lot. Uh, he's obviously a Crystal Palace at the minute, and he's he would be someone who's very similar in his profile to Fabian Shaw and obviously Premier League proven. The concern there is that he's not particularly quick, so he wouldn't be adding pace to our defence. And he's also 27, so it's a good age, but he's not he's not sort of a young up-and-coming centre-back um odeline kusunu Cus- again apologies i've absolutely murdered the pronunciation i think but uh he's a new name that's been linked i haven't seen him mentioned before um but interestingly and this is something i'll come on to in a second crystal palace have been linked with him and there's some talk that if he does sign for crystal palace that could open the door for anderson to leave so that could be one to watch um but obviously he's also someone we're meant to be looking at and the last one antonio silva he's only 19 he's very highly rated at Benfiga, portuguese international and that would be a big coup for the club if we could get him, but he would he would cost a lot of money. So they, yeah there's six names that have been mentioned just today on Friday morning by Craig Hope. but yeah, going back to um, Joe Commanderson there was actually an update from Jack Talbot at football transfers um and yeah Jack's Jack's a good friend of mine now actually chat quite a bit and he's uh, he actually put an exclusive out for football transfers, the outlet he writes for. And he basically reports that Newcastle are confident that Crystal Palace will lower their £40 million asking price for Joe Kim Anderson, but they will be willing to move on to other centre-backs if they don't reduce their demands. Um, he, he mentioned that Eddie Howe sees Anderson as an ideal candidate to compete with Fabian Shaw, as he values his quality on the ball, Premier League experience, and, as I mentioned before, the fact he's a very similar profile to Shaw, so that if Shaw does struggle to cope with the demands of this season, where we will be playing quite a lot of the time, three games in a week, or at least um competing on four fronts he, he sees anderson as someone who could slot in for shaw very seamlessly and, and, and offer the sort the same sort of style of play as shaw he's quite a rugged defender who's a bit of a shithouse takes no takes no prisoners and is a bit of a leader as well but he's also very good at playing out from the back obviously the concern there is he doesn't have that much pace so that wouldn't be adding something new to the defense but as a like for like for shaw he would come in and be able to do a very similar job which could be valuable but anyway on, on Anderson, we seem confident, as, as according to Jack Talbot, that they will reduce their demands. Um, obviously, if they don't, we'll move on, and then we could see some of the other names mentioned come into play. Um, but again, if the Bile Everkerson centre-back, Odilon Kusunu, does end up going um, to Crystal Palace, that might open the door for Anderson's exit. And then another centre-back that's been linked, so this is something that I've heard a little bit about, but it has also come from Ben Jacobs, the former CBS reporter who... I think he's leicester based but he he gets a lot of information and uh, he was speaking on the loaded mag youtube channel um shout out to those guys it's a great great youtube channel there and uh yeah so that that was a good show and i, and I listened to that with ben jacobs and he mentioned um max Kilman as someone who's could be one to watch for newcastle he said he knows they've explored the terms of that deal um he's obviously a big ball playing defender who can Actually, play, he's left-footed, but he has played on the right-hand side of centre-back for, for Wolves, but he's left-footed as well, so he can play on the left. He's also played a bit of left-back as well. And obviously, we currently have a massive left-back in Dan Byrne, who I've mentioned before on the podcast, often almost slotting as a left-sided centre-back when Trippier pushes forward. I know he's a left-back, but he tends to stay back and then and then slot in there. So it it wouldn't surprise me if we did look at a sort of centre-back come left-back who can... Not only provide cover in central areas, but also fill in for burn when needed. So Kilman's a new name that's been mentioned there, and uh, yeah, it's interesting to see the six names come out from Craig Hope. Um, so yeah, I think the centre back position is the priority. Howe didn't actually name which position he was focusing on in the final weeks of the window. Obviously, the, the all the talk has been about a centre back being the priority, and then at left back, if there's if there's sort of um, if it's a viable option because of FFP or there's money available and the right deal becomes um, becomes available, then we might look for a left-back as well. Uh, although I was told that a centre-back's a priority, and that a left-back's more likely if a sort of loan deal, or, or deal that works for us financially, sort of emerges in the last few weeks of the window. So so yeah, there's an interesting mix of centre-backs mentioned there, and uh, a new link with Kilman and the 2 Bayer Leverkusen center centre-backs, and obviously a bit of an update on Anderson. But yeah, next up we'll have a little look at the youth team and the academy investment that's continuing basically because there's a couple more players who've signed for our under 16s and one more in at under 21 level so yeah we'll we'll look into that next so next up just a brief update on the academy investment so um i mentioned i think on previous shows that the club have announced deals for a guy called sam at oldham a midfielder who's gone into the under 16s alongside casey wooster from south end and Michael Mills from Port Vale. They're all obviously ones for the future coming in at the under 16s. And there's been another one that's gone through. Um, we've signed a Luton Town teenager called Sam Pennington. He's only 14, but he comes in at the under 16 side. And it's another sign of Dan Ashworth sort of investing for the future, not just at under 21 and under 18 level, but also at under 16 level. So, so yeah, hopefully some of those guys can be the the next to uh, sort of break through and come through the ranks in years to come. Um, Another player that's due to be signing for the under eighteens is Wolves full back Leo Shahar. I think I've mentioned him on a few occasions on these transfer roundups. And there's also moves for uh Trevan Sanusi and Divine Mukasa players who've played for Sanusi was at Birmingham, Mukasa was at West Ham. And there's there's also moves that are in the offing for them. It's not they're not actually fully agreed yet, I don't think, but there's I think there's hope that they'll both also join our um youth academy there. So they're all Shahard, Sanusi, Mukasa, they're all England under-16 internationals, so that's all positive signs. And then for under-21 level, I think it's come out from a few reports in Italy who have links, obviously, to the deal there, that an 18-year-old AC Milan centre-back called Cathal Heffernan has now, is now done. Apparently, he's, he's all but signed. Um, obviously, there's not been an update yet from the club, but some of these academy signings kind of... Sometimes happen without official announcements sometimes. So apparently he's signed to so an 18-year-old centre-back who's an Irish Youth International. And he's apparently going to be joined by Inter Milan winger Kevin Zeffi, who's 18, another Irish Youth International. And uh, he's apparently very highly rated. So so yeah, there's a little update there on uh, some of the investment at academy level. And then moving on to another young player who we've been linked with. Obviously, it remains to be seen if there's much truth in this, but a Watford youngster called Yasser Aspria who unfortunately has no relation to Tino Asprea, but he's a a very highly rated young player who, I think he played, had a little luck, he had 39 appearances in the championship, well, I'm sorry, in all competitions for Watford last season, which is impressive for a teenager. And there's basically a Colombian outlet called Antena 2 who are basically saying that Newcastle have emerged as a real option for him. Apparently Brighton, Newcastle, Real Sociedad and Porto are all keen. He's a Colombian international, he's already played three times for his country, he's only 19, but he's played three times for them, He scored once. He's an attacking midfielder, and uh, yeah, that Colombian outlet, who obviously not many people love, or if anyone has, has heard of before, but obviously the fact he's a Colombian player in a, in a report out there in Colombia, and he was out there uh, reporting on our interest, suggests there might be some truth, obviously they're likely to have a better idea with them being... Uh, a Colombian himself, so so yeah, that's another link there to Aspria and it could be another link, um, or well, not another link, sorry, another Dan Ashworth-inspired move. I know when he was at Brighton, he he seemed to have sort of a, re- a real recruitment drive in South America. There brought in the legs of In-Ciso, um Estepinian at left back. There's quite a few sort of South Americans that he brought to the club, and seems to have good contact there. So that could be the latest emerging talent we're looking to bring in, a little bit like the Garanco and Yankuba, minter moves, but we'll have to see there. That. That's just a new link. Um and obviously could be one to watch. And yeah, another one, talking of Dan Ashworth in Brighton, um you may remember a few months ago, it was announced that Mark Leyland, who's basically well, he was working as like the head analyst at Newcastle, who'd look through um oppositions were about to play and sometimes help with Newcastle's training schedule and things like that. I know he used to work as sort of a lead an- analyst alongside Eddie Howe to help us prepare for games and things like that. But anyway Mark Leyland left for Man City this summer he obviously stayed for the remainder of the previous season but left this summer for Man City he's now the head of coaching methodology at the City Football Group who obviously oversee everything at Man City there so Leyland's left but we've actually brought in someone from Brighton so Jordan Tribe who's I think been I read up on it there he's been at Brighton for I think nearly a decade now he's coming as the club's new coach analyst replacing Leyland he's been at the club a few weeks now um And yeah, he'll work alongside Eddie Howe and the coaching staff there. So that's a little move we've made behind the scenes following Leyland's move um, to Man City. And then the last few links, just to briefly go over them, Steve Kaye at Football Transfers, who, like I say, works alongside Jack Talbot, who I mentioned earlier. He actually mentioned that Newcastle have shown some interest in Jaden Philogene, who's actually a young Aston Villa winger. He's actually played for them quite a bit over pre-season. He he actually played a bit against Newcastle in the summer series and, and looked really good there. He was on loan at Cardiff uh, last season and didn't do amazingly there. His numbers weren't brilliant. I think he scored five for the entire season in the championship. But anyway, he's come back to Villa and looked really good. Played a lot over pre-season and been kind of a bit like Elliot Anderson for us. He's been their breakout player over pre-season. But uh, yeah, so there's, there's he, he uh, Steve Kay there, reports that Newcastle and Liverpool have contacted the players' representatives over a potential move. But if I'm being honest, the fact he's getting game time at Villa... The fact he's impressing Unai Emery and likely to get a chance in their first team. And obviously his minutes might be increased now they've got Jacob Ramsey on the sidelines and also a bad injury to Emi Buendia. So I can see why we're interested. Apparently he works hard, he's got pace, he can press. Um, so he takes boxes and could could be a smart sign-in and one for the future. But if he's getting game time under Unai Emery and highly rated at Villa, he might be reluctant to leave. Um, and then the last thing there, there's been a lot of talk from Turkey about newcastle's interest in nicolo zaniolo who plays for galatasaray newcastle were credited with interest when he was at roma last summer and there's there's been a lot of links with him over the past sort of 12 18 months since new owners came in so there's been a lot of talk from turkey that were interested in zaniolo but it's actually come out from fabrizio romano that that uh, aston villa are actually in talks over a loan to buy deal for him sort of in light of the emi buendia injury so it looks like zaniolo is far more likely to go to Villa than Newcastle. Um, like I say, all of those rumours regarding Zaniolo and Newcastle come from the Turkish media, who have a pretty mixed uh, record there when it comes to transfer reports. So, so yeah, that's an update on all the transfer talk, Eddie Howe's press conference, and some of the bits of team news going into tomorrow's game. But anyway, let's just hope for a big performance. Obviously, I can't wait to be back at St James' Park, like so many others who will be probably listening to this. Um, I just really hope we can start the season positively. But, uh, but yeah, you've got faith in Eddie Howe. The, the team have done well over preseason; They look fit. Um, we've got pretty much everyone fit, I think, providing Shaw can play, which it looks to be the case. So, so yeah, really excited for the game. We're hoping to do a reaction podcast, potentially getting released on Saturday night after the game. Um, so yeah, look out for that over the weekend if we can manage to do that. But we'll definitely be back if we don't get the reaction podcast in there on Saturday night. We'll be definitely be back. On Monday next week, where me and Ed will be going through the game, all the talking points, and the usual poll of the week, Twitter questions, FYI, man, all that sort of stuff. But, uh, but yeah, thanks for the support, guys, and thanks for listening. If you've uh, if you've stayed with the episode up until this point, and yeah, let's t- let's hope next time we podcast, we'll uh, we've started the season with three points against Villa, right? Thanks for listening, guys, and we'll see you later. cast Network.